Hello, 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 and welcome to hello. this. What some are calling. It's the free one. Shut the, shut the fuck up. Hi, bestie. It's the free one. Yeah, it's totally the free one. I hate the idiots. I Riley work with. is dead. Riley, Riley has died, is mm. the thing. And that's going to be crucial killed to you, you going forwards, uh, understanding and enjoying mm. this episode, is that uh, our fearless leader has contracted. Any number of diseases. Uh, it could be anything, really. But uh, as a consequence mm. of this, uh, he he sounds atrocious and will be speaking very little. I think I sound great, <laughs> actually. <laughs> just, uh, just a voice Riley, like sounding a like he's coming from the bottom of a well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I sound fine. <laughs> What's going to be happening for me is you're yeah. going to hear a lot more horror puns. <laughs> I'm going to start referring to our yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. as boys and ghouls uh, and mm. other assorted uh, crypt keepery. Um, but as per yeah. usual, uh, I've prepared a number of things. But uh, once again, yeah, a coffin and uh, like a brief service in your memory, some mm. flowers, a pre written eulogy. How about this? That's right. Written by friend of the show, Brendan O'Neill. It says here that of uh, all the souls I've encountered, yours was the most noble, which I'm not sure I agree with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, I'm, I am waiting for uh, my soul to be weighed against a feather um, by Anubis. Yeah, I'm at the Devourer yeah. is like the unspoken cast member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm awaiting my soul's uh, measurement against that, against the weight of a feather. Um, and he says he's going to be about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, Anubis is a guy. Uh, so why don't we uh, talk about some of the events of the week and the day? Sure. Um, as per usual, uh, I've assembled a number of notes, and then immediately uh, something hoves, all of them. hoves yeah. into view that Naturally. I feel your, your, your death. Your <laughs> well, yes. no, not my death. Uh, something hoves into view. The death of Top Gear magazine. <laughs> I feel I must discuss. So this is I saw this in in my London dot news, um, and uh, the. The, the 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 quote the poll quote at the front of the article just says quote this building is doomed colon residents speak out how awesome. doxed you we were promised a cinema and a sky garden instead we get leaks broken lifts and dirty windows life in the luxury oh, no, tower block with flats costing four grand a month jesus don't like Shit. it there's the poor there you go yeah if you don't like it I mean, if you want to experience all of those things for a tenth of the price, all you have to do is move to Glasgow. Yeah, uh, we have mm. exactly as few amenities and exactly as many like doomed, sick building syndrome things. There you go. One thing I've been very confused about, but also like what I really find very funny, is that if you go to like mm. other cities where it does like very clear kind of like class divides and very clear like the message is very clear, where it's like if you're rich, then you have like all these like amenities available to you. Mm. Um, and if you're poor, you don't. Is that in London, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be like, if you're poor, then you get shitty housing and access to nothing and like will make your life miserable. But if you're rich, um, will also make your life miserable, but in like, mm. like less impactful, but definitely kind of aggrieving ways nonetheless. So that's why you end up yeah, having these stories about like way. rich people who like, Rich people who live in these kind of like horribly made buildings that are kind of like collapsing as soon as you move into them. And their question is like, why the fuck did we like pay four million for this? Well, it's like, it, unless you're one of about 20 extremely rich guys who can just like build your like underground uh, Bentley garage stroke aquarium, then yeah, every, every all of the housing stock in London is so shit that it's like, pointless to spend any money but this is, you know you have to well it, i think it's because right like the the whole point is that london especially living in london like we've talked about before that the story of the uk is the in crowd getting slowly and slowly smaller people shocked to realize they're in the out crowd eventually it's just going to be one guy yeah is that um eventually the united kingdom will be by and for the benefit of one dude yeah lex greensill um no, the, the 
but it's like, oh yeah, you're you're still like you're paying four thousand pounds a month. Is that it, you fucking sucker? We are gonna you you you've moved in on the basis of like a, a state of the art amenities, including a private cinema, a magical children's play area, a formal garden lounge for adults, another lounge, a library, and then you move in, and none of the air conditioning works. But it's this enormously tall building in a country that doesn't really know how to build tall buildings, and the the building managers are still taking you for a massive sucker because you have no rights. And so it's it's yeah. just well, it's the just thing, like, the thing the thing is if you live in in London particularly but in the UK generally if you need somewhere to live like to sleep at night fuck you <laughs> yeah that's right yeah you should be working what what are you sleeping <laughs> yeah. for hoping a bloke might join you <laughs> <laughs> what do you need to be asleep for dreaming of sucking dicks Interesting. <laughs> and and even yeah and even if like you do move into one of those like big built like those very tall buildings it's like all oh, the sites that you get are here here's a lovely site of some roadworks and if you go to the other side of the flat you can see more roadworks uh and you might be able to see some like youth um sports fields <laughs> and tommy walsh is going to be very very happy about that effective. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely lint chocolate advert voice. Do you dream in sucking dicks? <laughs> I told you last time. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's very. It's just it, they, the article goes on and it says uh, in in light of like leaks everywhere, mold everywhere. None of the chillers working in rooms getting up to like thirty four degrees heat hot at night. Um, residents have accused the management of being quote more interested in promoting the tower than than actually. Uh, opening stuff or running it. Why not take pictures yeah, of crazy. residents using it? Some residents have seen even seen major rent hikes from landlords in the building, with some reportedly rising by as much as an additional seven hundred uh, pounds a month. And here's the funny thing: Do you know which um, uh, uh, who owns it? Ooh, who owns the it? Saudi royal family? <laughs> nice, <Yeah>. getting that <laughs> nice. real like third real floor nice. of the Jeddah Hilton experience. After all, yeah. I mean, yeah, what's yeah. what's really funny is that like the, you now actually have common cause to if you wanted, even if you're paying four grand a month for your special fancy boy apartment to organize a rent strike or to join mm. the London Renters Union or any of these other things because that's what they're for. Mm. And I just I, I envision those meetings with a bunch of like hedge fund guys who have been broiled all night along with normal people. <laughs> and I just think that, you know, uh, capitalism sort of arranges for some strange bedfellows. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But I don't, I don't want to focus too long on that. I've got some some stuff, some other things, some some bad boys. Got some got some got some doing, got some transpiring. Yeah, and yeah. because I, I don't know if we also saw this as well, but the uh, the Kent police in Ashford are trying to design out crime by removing anywhere any benches or bushes that people might gather I, near. I could talk about this for an hour. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I, I'm very and I'm very happy to welcome to uh, welcome to the Kent. Welcome to Kent Future, where we talk yeah, about the absolutely. future. Absolutely. Kent Police <laughs> taking an aggressive anti-dogging stance. <laughs> Kent, Kent, Kent is very much like the most English part of England in this sense, mm. uh, and, and like reaches its full expression in Kent Police tweeting out that they, along with uh, a sort of Barrett-like homes company, have been uh, taking out all of the benches in an area. Oh, oh because Alice, Alice, Alice. It's not mm. called Barrett Homes, it's called Moat Homes. No, I, I mean, I think this is sort of... An expression of the kind of policing that we like to do in this country, um, which is also something that, like, we've seen Keir Starmer announces his new allegedly policing policies of uh, police police hubs and uh, more like bobbies on the beat or whatever. And so, all of these all of these policing interventions are sort of primarily designed to defend house prices more than anything and so you end up with this focus on what used to be like safer neighborhood teams or like community safety teams or whatever but like uh police officers who are like tied to a specific neighborhood of barrett-ish homes uh with a focus on preventing street crime and the, the form that that street crime takes is like uh, seeing four kids in puffer jackets on BMXs so, and being terrified for your uh, life. I, I have a I policy like thing- proposal for this. Actually, uh, I think that mm. like that Labour could definitely win more votes in Kent if it suggests that uh, the Kent police, or rather, as a national policy priority, okay, we have everybody. Mm. 
from the age of 14 until 23, approximately, right? Uh, And you can buy in 14 to 23. Every single person in Britain has a switchblade loitering munition hovering over them at all times. (laughs) (laughs) And that we put the suicide squad like brain bomb inside (laughs) every youth and you get it taken out when you buy your first house. (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) it's well, it's, it's just it's so it's so interesting to me because part of the sort of Blair policy of policing was teaching the police that crime has social causes. Uh, but unfortunately, what they learned from that was they just heard crime and social together and decided that the cause of crime is people being social. Yeah, well, or crucially, being social not in a Pret or a Costa, but being yeah, social outside yeah. where it's free. That's right. Well, look, one thing also to bear in mind about Kent police is that like, so they, um, you know, you know, you could talk about this for a long time. So I'll try like to kind of surmise it. Um, They like to kind of position themselves as being um, the community police force, right? In comparison Mm -hmm. to like the metropolitan, you know, the London Metropolitan Police. Um, So they they kind of like to think that... Sneering Metropolitan Police. (laughs) So they they kind of like to think in a lot of, you know, in a lot of places, um, and this is like what they use when they came to like, when they go to like Kent schools to try to recruit people, they're like, oh, you know, unlike the Met Police... Yeah, unlike the Met Police, where uh, where you know they uh, they make lots of mistakes and like you know we're we're a community police force, like we're very much embedded into like local people's lives. Um, they love kind of posting pictures of themselves like at like fun fairs and all that stuff. Um, but because of that, like posturing, uh, like they are able to kind of garner more respect than they necessarily deserve especially considering that like they're not a particularly successful police force if i remember oh, sure. correctly yeah the, and, well, the, the, yeah. the community policing thing is a tremendously effective yeah. pr thing for but, them especially yeah. by comparison with like if your nearest neighbor is the met police yeah uh, anybody's going to look community minded right. but what but what's also very funny about them is that because when you're patrolling kent and crucially um, you know, and Alice, you'll know this, and like our oh, Kent listeners mm. will know this too. Like, there is nothing to fucking do in Kent, right? Like, <laughs> like, like when you're a young person living in Kent, you're what you're doing is like trying to find small pleasures in suburban living when everything like is taken away from you to either become Barrett homes or parking lots. Um, so when you're the police officer, like what you're doing is like going into fields to look for look at you know to look for teenagers smoking like really badly rolled joints, right? Yeah. Um, or you're looking at you're like trying to find like again groups of young people who are outside of shops or like you know you know uh, well, that's like that's why up. it's that's why it's such a sort of continuity Blair okay. right that's yeah. right project is because it does like um it's not just that society doesn't exist it's that society must be prevented and, from existing right. and at and, any cost yeah. and their like main support based comes from like homeowners and landlords for whom like you know their biggest fear is like oh kent's going to become like london and it's going to become really rough and like you know these young people yeah, acquire a culture <laughs> yeah, yeah. they'll be yeah, able to get food yeah. here that's not these, terrible yeah these, these young people are going to like run down this like lovely neighborhood like the, you know the lovely ashford neighborhood like disclaimer it's not a lovely neighborhood it yeah, really all, all these young um, people are going to start like a trendy yeah. small plates restaurant <laughs> or or some yeah. kind of a place where it sells that, that, four that pounds. Is, that is where the priorities are. Is is this sort of safer neighborhood thing? That's what every government on a bipartisan basis has been talking about when they talk about the police. Is essentially this kind of policing, and it's it's based on a, a fear of street crime in areas that have largely not cooperated by providing one, yeah. even with the best ability of the police to sort of create crime by showing up and either detecting it or provoking it. Well, it's what we um, what we talk about right before is if your whole thing, if your whole government, if your whole program of politics is to then induce and assuage panic and cycles, then you're going to have these hugely expanding police departments that are sort of cracking down on the thing that you basically invented for them to crack not, down that's on. That's the thing, they're not even expanding. Like they were, they might have been expansive under Blair, but then uh, sort of both parties managed to cut all of their budgets. So what they're left to do is uh, nothing. Is is to chase retweets with this kind of thing? Because even if you wanted to have a sort of fully staffed, uh, like 
safer neighborhood team of police officers to wander around and like uh, tell off teenagers for drinking in public. You can't afford that anymore. So what they can afford to do is to try and hashtag design out crime by taking all the benches out of a fucking playground. Yeah, we know that sitting is a precursor to crime. In <laughs> fact, most criminals have sat down within the prior 24 hours to committing a crime. Doing and on a that like basis, Kent Minority Report thing, where it's yeah. like three, three people, like a, a sort of marble rolls down from the precogs, and it's like mm. uh, this criminal was sitting down. Mm. Look, we're, yeah, we're not right. going to hire any more of them, but what we are going to do is give every police, like group of three or more police officers, a squad level weapon. Like some kind of a browning <laughs> well, fish. Like, it's so funny probably, to be like the, yeah. looking into the future of Kent and being like, oh my god. In, in half an hour's time, Kent is still a shithole. <laughs> like, of course, all of the crime that places like this do have is like commensurately under resourced because it doesn't grab a lot of headlines. And because if you do want to like address the kind of crime that does happen in the streets in rural Kent, it's going to be people getting in fights coming out of clubs, and a lot of those people are going to own some of these nice homes. <laughs> so it's mm. like uh, the you know the the impulses push against each other, and also dogging crimes. Lots of dogging crimes. Lots of dogging <laughs> crimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like I broadly understand this as. The, the English person hates, fears, is disgusted by the prospect of being around other English people. And I get this completely. On my mm. way back from the Kill James Bond live show, um, I, was, I was getting the train, and I got shunted into uh, a sort of overcrowded diesel passenger train that was late, and I came off of that thinking, I believe that British transport police should have a mortar platoon. Uh, <laughs> not, they should not be any able to engage cops. targets parabolically yeah. at ranges yeah. of over a kilometer. Yeah. Not any of the other cops, just the transport cops. If you set foot into a station, you should get killed by Ed 209. What, I believe that. What about this? What about this? What if the British transport police were just like, they had either like a missile cruiser in the English Channel um, or like an <laughs> artillery emplacement sort of along the east of England, or they could even like mine the East Coast main line. So if anyone tries, to use to deter people from using it. <laughs> we, 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 have, we, have, we have the the Royal Air Force just kind of shrinks and is absorbed by British transport. <laughs> this is just a whole, whole thing is to make sure no one goes anywhere. But no, I, I think the other thing about this, right? When I'm just looking at this picture of just these two fucking like geezers just like taking a bench away and then taking a picture of a place that is now safely benchless. Like a before and after. Mm. Um, and it's just like, it, what it strikes me as is, is there is this huge Americanization of so many parts of Britain where we're just trying to force this country that is generally pretty small, pretty walkable, and doesn't have nearly as much like sprawl as the US does, just like because that's not in our history, is, whatever. But what we're pretty safe, what we're trying to do is force it into the shape of the US. And they're trying mm. to do that by mm. just using the blunt instrument of cops just fucking with anyone who's not in a car or like walking somewhere where they're going to buy something. Well, police, well senior, senior police officers love this shit because it doesn't require anything from their budgets, of which they have none, and it makes them look proactive. Yeah, it's amazing the extent to which like people in Britain are paranoid about crime when crime is basically just like a thing that doesn't really affect most people's lives. Like the like the rate of particularly serious crime in Britain is like extremely low. I think it's um, a question of priorities. Like we we actually do a pretty good job of like uh preventing a lot of street crime. I think you're a lot less likely to get uh you know robbed for instance or assaulted in this country as you might be in some others. But mm. we also just don't bother investigating anything if it's at all difficult. I remember <laughs> yeah, reading like, like uh, something like ninety seven British cops are British first and cops second. <laughs> they will not do their job in England and Wales. I remember reading this. There's something like ninety seven percent of fraud allegations uh, are no further actioned. They just do not investigate them because it's too difficult and they don't have the reason. Also, fraud so, is a homeowner style crime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, same with a lot of like domestic violence. Same with a lot of, well, shall we say, more uh, middle class and uh, lighter hued drug taking. It's sort mm. of it's it's enforced very selectively because I love the lighter uh, hued drugs. 
Yeah, well, I know. And that's, you know, it's sort of the natural constituency of the people who make policing policy in this country is to be like, no, the, what, what the police are there for is 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 locking up people who, like, ride BMXs around. It's funny you should bring up fraud, though, because I've heard that conversely, the conviction rate for fraud cases that go to court is extremely high because juries are basically listening to someone explain some incredibly complicated financial sh- chicanery and they're just like... Yeah, sounds like a cunt. I don't understand it. <laughs> Probably guilty. He had how much money? Yeah, guilty. <laughs> um, I want to before we go into the next thing. I want to say like the, the specifics of the labor plan as it's been set out. Um, has been said that we're going to quote get tough on low level offending again like the thing that the only thing that like everyone agrees that you have to be tough on this it's just because it doesn't really exist in the way that they're talking about new one can crack down on it because it's like trying to hit smoke with a hammer uh, they say mm, we will over 50 people in Kent in the last month have been also, called can, a yeah. clean shirt by teens <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, well, I mean, like, I'll finish this I mean, also, also can I just say yeah. can I just say very quickly as well but like from and again, this is this like anecdotal and like based on sort of growing up here. But like so many people's uh, in this area, in like in Kent, like their kind of understanding of crime is so distorted, and it's all kind of influenced by like what they hear um, about London, right? So like mm. they'll kind of go, they'll go on their kind of like monthly trip to the you know to London, and you know they'll go as far as you know Central, and they'll see that oh you know there's lots of police officers around, or um, they might like see something, and they'll kind of believe that you know they'll kind of believe that oh that's uh coming to our way pretty soon like i don't know you know you you go into like sadiq khan's mentions for example and it doesn't take that long to find someone who's like talking about how he's like ruined the city and ruined the country and then you find out that he lives in like the guy who's talking uh who's at him like lives in tunbridge wells right oh yeah um, the, 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 the number of days so- <laughs> until there's an acid throwing attack in seven yeah. oats well, like, doesn't bear thinking well, about like, yeah but they but they yeah. like thinking and i don't know whether it's just because like there are certain aspects of kent which like because they had, don't have that sort of Kentish charm to them, they're just like commuter towns where people park their SUVs. But like, there's not really that distinction between Kent and London anymore to, uh, mm. in certain areas to the point where they kind of believe that like London crime is going, or like you know what they think is London crime is going to come really soon. But like, crucially, the places that they live in are not built for that type of crime anyway, right? Mm. Like. It's really hard. I think it'd be really hard to do that type of crime in Kent, not least because of like how difficult it is to like, get anywhere or do anything. Um, there was like a guy once a long time ago who threatened to like come to my house and fight me, and he was just like, "Tell me and where you live." Andrew and I said, and, and I saw, and I was, yeah, it's Andrew Tate. And yeah, I sort of like finding yeah. it. And I yeah. sort of sent him like, you know, this is the rough area, and he was like, "Oh, too far, mate." You're uh, <laughs> <laughs> giving him directions to Mecca. Yeah, I live in no, the Kaaba. No, no. Yeah, Americans like, will go yeah, meet that, someone in yeah. Temecula, but uh, the Brits can't be bothered to just drive round Kent. Well, as, we, as we've said before, Britain is a very low stakes country, and Kent <laughs> is like a low stakes area of a low stakes country. Um, no, yeah, I, I want right. to say though, what here's what Labour actually said it wants to do which is create these things called community victim payback boards. Oh, fuck me. So community payback. So that's the most Keir Starmer ass name you, I've ever You've been ever awarded heard. a BMX from this kid. Why don't they call it something cooler? Why don't they call it like the vengeance panel or something? The yeah, why don't they call it the death squad? Yeah. Uh, Milo, <laughs> that's going to come out in the, next, in the bonus episode, uh, Death Force. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the We've already talked about it. that. Yeah. People who came to the live show will know what you're talking about, but everybody else will be scratching their heads and being like, what's this Death Force oh, you keep talking that's about? That's a fun preview. Subscribe to the Patreon. To hear about Death Force. <laughs> um, no, so yeah. Starmer said, after 12 years of conservative government, which has seen record case delays, police officers, this is very funny, disappearing from our streets as though it's like back to the future and their parents didn't well, like fuck. they've been raptured <laughs> to cop heaven. <laughs> where there's always a gentleman and a lady and they're reaching agreement with the aid of uh, an intervention from PC Shufflesworth and myself. Yeah, Cop, no, cops just like walking around, just like being taken to black sites, <laughs> just being disappeared. <laughs> um, police station closures and court sell-offs. Are they selling courts both, and turning them into luxury flats? Oh, oh yeah, Tr- they're, they're selling a shitload of court uh, Communities. Communities have no faith that the criminal justice system is keeping their communities safe from crime. Community payback 
True. can stop more serious reoffending, but judges have stopped handing it out because this soft on crime conservative government cannot be trusted to make sure <laughs> offenders pay back their crimes. Uh-huh. How it works is that the locally appointed board, so again, like I assume they just take the four or five people in the local area who are most interested in like, I don't know, triggering the explosives in every young person's neck, having them sit on oh, this board. Oh, absolute sickos. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Same people who become magistrates. Yeah, because they're not paid. It's a volunteer position. So you need to volunteer mm. to like be the, be like the low-level crime punisher. Yeah. <laughs> Creating, quote, a new level of involvement for community leaders and victims of crime in deciding, and here's the funny thing, what unpaid work offenders must undertake. Right. Yeah. Podcasting. Fine. That's right. Yeah. We're actually all here as part of our probation agreement. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it's just going to be like, it's what we're getting to is like, I don't know, like we're sort of reverse engineering a situation where like the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is just going to be like rounding up all of the teens and like we're it, it's going to be national service, but through this. It's because everyone wants more cops, but more cops are expensive, and so they try and find things that aren't cops. This like this started with police community support officers and has just like found stranger forms uh, every mm. year since. Until eventually, we we are going to get to the volunteer border force. We're just we're all we're we just getting Asbo teen from Kent to be our new studio assistant. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna scare turn them their straight. life around. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was I was a real tear away kid until I learned about Jerk Vanderclaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm actually the kid. I'm actually the person from Kent who's been taken into the Trash Future Studio yeah. as part of my uh, as part of my penance. <laughs> and you ended up doing a kind of yeah. scared straight program with a South African mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> a, poli- a, yeah. a police officer found me in the field and took my badly rolled joint. Um, mm. and said, "This is the greatest crime that has ever been conducted in uh, this village." Uh, so I will sentence you to a hard labor. Yeah, Hussein was found with a bottle of Mad Dog 2020, uh, <laughs> drawing a big penis on an underpass. Sainsbury's Basics orange juice topped up with Glenn's vodka. But since then, his life's really turned around. And, and the worst yeah. thing of all, sitting on a bench with two friends. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. What are you friends with two blokes for? Trying to shag them? <laughs> this ain't a designated do- dogging area. All right, shall we do a quick startup? Sure, why not? I'd love to do a so quick startup. So this is an Australian startup, mm. and it's called... Okay, so immediately it's about racism. Uh, no, it's... I'm turning my head upside down to try and, like... It's not about racism, right although mindset. I'm sure its impacts are probably racially diverged. No, it's called Before Pay. Payday lending. Great. Yeah. God damn it. Mm. I mean, it kind of, like, yeah. gives it Yeah, away. that was one of the more obvious yeah. names. Uh, no, so it's... Uh, it's it's it has this thing though, right? Called pay on demand. Okay. Um, so what is That's what the POD in podcast stands for? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're, what does the CAST stand for? Uh, legally, we cannot say. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> community, community action security trust. Um, mm. yeah, so very good. Basically, they say your pay at your command. So what do you? It's, I'm sort of serving this to you up on a plate, but if we understand it's kind of. It is to do with, say, salary advances. What what do they see this as? Can you get paid like every day or something if you want to? Is it like a weird? You can like drip feed your salary. That's right. Mm. The perfect way mm. to get paid that's not completely massively stressful. I get paid by the minute. <laughs> I'll be able to buy this coffee in about thirty seconds. This is so. I, I mean, I'm just stalling because I'm trying to wait for the minute to be out so I can get paid for this, and then I'm going to say what I think. <laughs> yeah, so, um, what I, there's two reasons I want to talk about this. It's number one, they say, look, we before pay understands that traditional pay cycles are a form of financial mm-hmm. stress. Uh, I just hate how uh-huh. traditional my pay cycle is. I wish it was I mean, non-traditional. I, I guess there is something there about how, like, if you get a pay packet at, like, on a certain day every month, and you don't know or find it difficult to, like, manage your finances, fine, sure, I get that. But that's also the same sort of stalking horse that every payday lender has always been using forever. Mm. And it just, it's such, it's always in such bad faith. And it's mostly stressful because the amount you're being paid isn't enough. (laughs) It's not really the cycle that's stressful. (laughs) It's like, you know, people who are paid a lot of money don't tend to run out of money at the end of the month. (laughs) 
Sure. That's a thing that only really affects people who don't make enough money. <laughs> but like, also, just just in general, right? I I understand the, the like overspending and like uh, sort of living beyond your paycheck is like a, a function of not being sort of very good at managing your finances. Sometimes it's a mental health thing. Fine, whatever. Why would I let in sort of blood dripping vampire called Before Pay to help me with this instead of literally anyone else? Uh, well, they say yeah, like Prince Harry, for example. Yeah, exactly. You could check in on me. <laughs> they say yeah. check in on your check in on. I'm on afraid your I can't, Alice, because you're not a chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My code prevents me, but I do wish you well. <laughs> so are you suggesting Prince Harry's code prevents him from ever checking in on anyone but chats? Yeah, that's right. What are you checking in on a woman for so that she can introduce you to a bloke? <laughs> uh, that's why we created Pay On Demand, a service that allows you to access the money you've earned at work when you choose to do so. After all, mm. it is yours. Uh, minus the part that we take. Uh, not all, but it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a no interest. No interest at all. Not a single percent of interest they will charge you, which is great. It's not charged as a percentage. It's charged as a flat amount. Um... Well, it is charged as a percentage, but it's not interest. Not oh. to defend traditional financial institutions, but generally speaking, if you like, if you talk to your bank and ask them to put like a payment limit on your thing because you don't want to, like, I don't know, gamble or whatever, they'll probably do that for you. You don't need to talk to some simple Australian money farmer who is going to like take a percentage off the top. Yeah. I also love it when fucking these kind of companies are like, oh, don't worry, you don't have to pay with money. Then it's like, you do actually have to pay with money. <laughs> <laughs> they say, it, it's, it's also buried where it's like, no interest, just a fixed transaction fee. We also know mm-hmm. that the world of finance can be confusing. It's so fucking condescending, this Australian uh, money lending startup. They say interest oh, rates. Be pretty confusing to Australians. <laughs> interest rates. I wrote over a million dollars in insurance for Lex Greensill. <laughs> I just thought he was a nice bloke. <laughs> interest rates, annual fees, late fees, balance transfers, approval forms, all of which make your money difficult to access. It means it's near impossible to work out what you'll be charged for doing so. We don't like this. So our fee model is straightforward. It's just 5% transaction fee. That, that, that means to access $100 of your wages, the transaction fee will be $5. You'll never be charged anymore. Phew. So wait, if you habitually run out of money during the month and then start using before pay, what happens the next month? Well, you have 5% less money. So you probably run out of money a little bit sooner. You can get it 100% sooner, so it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, and then you could invest it. And uh, w- there's an investment opportunity in uh, a new cryptocurrency that I've just heard about on Discord, and I have 30 minutes to invest in it, or it's going to moon, and I'm not going to be able to afford it. I need to get all of my wages now. Yeah, you could you could get into like uh, really into fashion drops, for instance. Mm-hmm. You could spend 99% of your paycheck for the month on like some Gucci X North Face if you wanted. What else is really time limited? <laughs> you know, you could um, I don't know. Gambling again? Yeah. Horse racing? You could do that. Uh, they say, they say, um, you'll never be charged anymore. Few. Yeah, few indeed. Uh, mm. Repayments scheduled around you. And we don't stop there. To make sure we're truly in sync with you, we match our repayment schedule with your income, which is very nice of them. Repayments are automatically oh. scheduled in the app to be made at your next payday, with the option to spread them out across four installments over your next four pay cycles. So it's, yeah, like, well, great, excellent. Uh-huh. Just keep your teeth in me. <laughs> like, the, the, the entire history of credit, then, yeah. is like, uh, we're not going to, in fact, break your legs on the first visit, because we want you to pay us back. So we're going to, like, mm. adjust it so we can turn the screw just enough that you're going to, like, yeah, we're going to, you know, pick up us. a box of Crunchy Nut, and we're like, Crunchy Nut, pretty expensive, as I recall, and then start <laughs> pouring it out on the floor. <laughs> this is, I, I, I probably shouldn't find this as insidious as I do, but any sort of like payday lender, I, I just sort of inherently associate with, uh, with criminality and like, yeah, this is like poorly corruption. from The Sopranos, but yeah. wearing a Patagonia fleece. Well, the the thing yeah, is, right? Yeah, exactly. Buy now, like buy now, pay later, and payday lending in Australia is like, it's a huge industry. Like it's enormous. Um, there's a huge amount- Huge industry here. Remember when Wonga yeah. owned like three MPs? That's right. But no, in like here, it's like, it, it, there has been a, a, some, some regulation that basically 
it like put that kind of lending sort of set it back a long time. Thank like much to like the um uh, uh for much to the benefit of everyone who actually lives here. Um and then like Klarna came in and sort of got found another way to call itself a fintech and skirt lending rules. And in Australia, no such thing happened. And so it has this sort of exploding, you know, access your uh, salary beforehand um, uh, uh, industry. But now they also have so much buy now, pay later. So then it's like Australia's the life in Australia as someone just like with an, let's say, who lives on a paycheck is just constantly being sort of advertised and cajoled to and manipulated to like live beyond it now uh, because there are a million products out there that are saying you can do it. It'll cost you nothing asterisk. And then um, it'll be super, super easy. We can give you a, what is definitely not legally a payday loan, but it's effectively a payday loan in minutes, Mm. or we can like give you a payday loan to like buy this hat or whatever. Right. It's, it is so fucking insidious because Mm. specifically because it's all designed and marketed just to look like, a different way of engaging with the, your own finances that you have instead of as an incredibly uh, exploitative financial product that's like payday lending. Andy Albanese wants to ban the great Australian la- loan shark. The shark <laughs> is as much of a symbol as Australia as anything else, like the bunning snag or the weekend. <laughs> and I, it's just, it's to me, like the the real, the fact that it is, totally unregulated and that the advertising of it is so it's just sort of it comes in so smooth and just says hey you know don't mm. to say hey, hey just just go ahead and do it it's so easy um it's it's just like managing your money intelligently uh you can't blame anyone for fucking falling for it because everything around them is saying don't fall for everything around them rather is saying go ahead and do it. And then the moment you're fucked, then like, they're like, ah, you shouldn't have done this thing that everyone around you was trying to cajole you into doing. It was a test. You (laughs) failed the test. Yeah. It's like, it's like you are, if you, you not just, not just uh, in Australia, but like in Australia, especially it's like for, if you are earning below a certain amount of money, then you just have to go through a test every day where it's like, Hey, you can have anything you want. You can have anything you want, all you have to, and you can have it now, but you have to not take it. And if you take it, then your life is going to be like incredibly shitty. If you press this button, one random person somewhere in the world will be killed. It's like, I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about like the kind of, you know, because I I imagine that this is going to happen in London really soon, especially when, um, especially considering like the government or like the UK governments uh, a few weeks ago their uh concerted like support for um uh, fintech right and like if you look at like most of the fintech or at least kind of like quite a lot of the fintech that's emerging in london right now a lot of it are well if it's not like crypto it's like loan it's like different forms of loan sharks right um and the justification of them like you they use the same type of justification which is we're just trying to kind of like make people's lives better and we know that like in a uh in a climate where it's very difficult to sort of get loans you know for example to buy property or to you know buy kind of or in or in a lot of cases buy like essential things in a cost of living crisis like they present themselves as infrastructure and like crucially if you i don't know like I, i was reading i can't remember who it was like what company it was but i was reading some of their literature like fairly recently and the way in which they market themselves and like the way in which they sort of like try to employ very empathetic language to describe like what they're doing you know we know that things are really tough and we know that like for people who like have been in difficult kind of situations uh you know uh that they don't deserve to be in like they deserve support and like we're there to do that like they present themselves as being kind of like a supportive infrastructure like absent of the government and they do that like exploitatively, but I understand why people kind of fall for that, especially considering that like the rest of the infrastructure around them like just shows so little care and empathy towards people who like mm. have financial struggles that all of a sudden when you encounter somewhere which like at least pretends that it does or pretends that it cares about you, like it's very easy to fall for that. Like I know that's very it's like very common in like basically every type of like MLM or pyramid scheme. But I imagine that the reason why it's going to amplify so much and the reason why it's kind of like these types of stories are going to become, I think, like a uh, you know, a signifier 
uh, at the very least of like the global cost of living crisis is because like you have everything else like just shows so much disdain for people who like aren't super rich to begin with uh so that like to kind of show empathy in any way is like this really novel thing that allows people to like take their like you know uh, to uh uh you know put their guard down and just you know take that risk right it's so so predatory i mean i think and and coming back to it right like so much of that cutesy the cutesy way it's presented is to make it feel like it's safe to take that risk and like it's not as predatory mm. as it really is um and i mean even in the uk right we have a much more regulated lending sector uh, when it comes to like personal lending, you know, again, someone's going to find a way around that at some point. They did with Wonga. They're going to do it again with whatever the next thing is. I'm sure, buy now, pay later is not going anywhere. Um, and even then, right, the the regulation of the language you can use is just that you know you have to put in you know in in size like three font. Um, this is lending at the very bottom. You know, like that's the amount that they're considering well, thinking about lending. the actual yeah, language. Yeah, the, the legally, this is not financial advice thing that we do is more of an effort than anything that's imposed on them. Anyway, um, shall we go on to another couple of things and then uh, and, and can carry on on our, our trundle through uh, through the episode as I slowly I die. Um, Having a little trundle, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, one thing I wished <laughs> the for. The gentleman was engaged in a trundling style locomotion <laughs> towards the vicinity. One thing. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, the, the bench had been removed uh, <laughs> by uh, Sergeant Johnson and myself. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we've removed the bench with uh, a, an artillery barrage from a rocket launch system. <laughs> that, that's correct. Yeah, we. Um, we have we have tactical- no 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 because because British police don't have the equipment that American police have they can only dream of having artillery <laughs> whereas yeah. like the police in like rural Mississippi have like a tank for some reason that's what we need to change give British transport police the tanks yeah yeah that's right that's a form of transport Look, I- <laughs> <laughs> rail replacement bus service except the bus is just like a, an MRAP or whatever yeah it's uh, a yeah, it, awesome. it's it's just like an infantry fighting vehicle uh, <laughs> you just get rattled to death while in it I think we could do like a British transport police mortar platoon patch or something that'd be, fun. <laughs> be very funny uh, let's hope we remember it I want to talk about something that I'm very happy to get to see in a smug way before I die um, mm-hmm. which is you remember how uh, we talked about Netflix with Ed and Jathan and we're like wow if anyone ever charges any money to like, you know, for the purposes of lending, this uh, business is immediately going to fall apart. Um, and then... Uh-oh. Oh, wait, no. but I heard that they could get a loan with actually no interest, where that's just a transaction fee. It's what Netflix is using before pay. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, well, look, they're not an Australian company, so, you know, they're going to have to get around that mm. first. No, um, Netflix uh, is... Uh, its stock price is down by like forty percent now. Yeah, Pershing Square just pulled uh, a shit ton of investment. They they recently, pretty recently, invested uh, something like a billion, lost four hundred million, and just taking it out a month later because uh, now it's higher risk. Nobody wants to pay as much for Spencer Confidential anymore. Yeah, no one's interested in watching an episode of Stranger Things that cost thirty million dollars to make. Yeah, and the kids are all like 90 years old. They've got the fucking Irishman de-aging thing going full blast and it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, we've, we're, Captain, I've try, I'm trying to make them look cute still. It just won't work. <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a butcher. Uh, she won't hold. No, um, so look, subscribers, right? Puberty, can't we give them something for that? <laughs> But subscribers, right? They're dropping off because prices are rising and content's getting more expensive to make. And one of the big reasons for that, right, is that it's getting more expensive to borrow money. And the Netflix approach has always been to borrow free money and then just dump it into things. And here's what's very yeah, funny. Make everything. Make, re- make Red Notice. Make Spencer Confidential. Make a show about whether or not things are cake. Just as a... 
Like, if one of them's a hit, it doesn't even matter. It's not even that, like, the one thing in a hundred that's a hit is going to pay off the others. It just won't. It just, it, the, the bill will never come due. Ever. Well, it's like, they, they, I feel like they took an, an, an approach that was kind of like the soft bank approach, which is just like, we're going to dump huge amounts of money into everything because all the money is free. But they forgot that the money that they earn back is from subscribers who can just unsubscribe rather well, than- Also, they can, they can like- piss on their subscribers because also in a kind of very soft bank like move when they make something that is popular or is successful they'll cancel it because it's slightly cheaper because you don't have to like raise any more money to pay the crew more well you know why cast it's more. because i was i i think I, I think i heard this from friend of the show noah it's that in season three that's when stuff gets ex- that's when like uh actors get expensive to pay because they're in a proven hit yeah so you know, so what it means, well, it's weird. I feel like with Netflix, here's another couple of things that are happening with Netflix that you're going to find very amusing, right? So just, just as for finish setting the table, it's that they need to keep making more and new content so they can keep buying subscribers. They have a really high cost of sales, basically. And so uh, when what they need to do and when they can't borrow much, they have to raise prices. When they raise prices, then people, then people drop off at the margins. Simple as that. Uh, and they lost about... Um, 600,000 paying users uh, across the US and Canada um, after, so after doing a big price hike. And the more users they lose, the more they'll have to keep the prices up because they still need to pay the same amounts of money to license all the stuff they've licensed and to keep making the new stuff. So it's like they're just their whole business is just falling apart at both ends because oh, the, no. the fake economy that it was based on, right? This idea that just high growth and no interest rates could be sustained forever, that like you could just keep ramming adrenaline needle after adrenaline needle after adrenaline needle into this low investment, low growth, highly unequal world. Like that kind of ended as soon as the as soon as we had to start dealing with real restrictions. Restrictions on yeah, things so like as labor. As soon as inflation and, so, went yeah. up like 0.001%, the economy became real again. Not not in a way that like owns us for saying that the economy was fake, but in a way that owns a lot of sort of very financially precarious, uh, you know, small mom and pop businesses like Netflix. Yeah. And so one of the things that's happened, right? Think about think about some of the things that make Netflix distinctive, right? Um, it's a past Spencer Confidential. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's that you could have a, sh- a shared account with your family. They're cracking down on that. It's that they could release shows all at once in blocks. No sharing. But now, but now what they're doing is they're doing weekly releases because when they release in blocks, then people watch everything and then unsubscribe. Oh no! <laughs> so that so wait wait wait. There is a parallel here, right? And I think it's, you know how we always talk about how like DeFi and crypto people always end up inventing modern financial regulation because mm. they get burned by all of the reasons why those regulations exist. But what's happening now is Netflix is inventing television <laughs> because they found out, or they found out the hard way, all of the commercial imperatives, why you would have things like an ad break or why you would have sponsors. It's funny that you say why that. Why you would they make are, television in the way that you make television. They are putting ads back in. Of course yeah. they are, because that's that's Sick. like Sick. It, it was worked out a long time ago that, that like decades ago that it was that's one of the ways in which you can make a, 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 a like sort of this medium like at all profitable. Imagine so, paying fifteen quid a month to listen to shit with fucking ads in it. <laughs> well, it's that we're gonna have like, an, a, a cheaper tier with ads, and then they're gonna have a tier without ads. Oh, but they are—they are just reverse engineering TV to the point that yeah, it's gonna have ads. It's gonna be weekly, weekly releases, and right. One of the things that drove extremely expensive, like very impressive looking, almost movie like TV shows, like sort of Game of Thrones or whatever, right? Uh, was the fact that all of a sudden there was all this cheap credit flowing around and companies like initially HBO and then Netflix and Amazon, whatever, could access it and then just basically just pump it into like this relatively low rent medium to drive subscriptions. And then what happened is as soon as that credit dried up, all that's going away. And so now they're also trimming their content spend, which means that we're <laughs> going to go back to TV being crappy. So it's going to it's going back to the 90s where TV becomes like relatively unprestigious, ad supported and released on a weekly basis. It's gone full fucking circle. 
Yeah, but it means we might get like a, the new Seinfeld. So yeah, and it might also mean that like there is uh once they have a show that works, we'll just like make loads of seasons of it, which I think will be good. I feel like we as a culture of like well, net well the, the like one of the sad things about Netflix culture is that you'll kind of get about three seasons and that's it. Um, and I want shows which have like fourteen seasons, and each season has like twenty five episodes. You just you just want to sit down with a big box set of like Mad Men or Surprise yeah, or and, 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 yeah, yeah, and then and, that, and this is where I think Netflix is going to go to. They'll be like, oh, people love having hard copies of stuff, so we'll start selling them on these discs. Um, <laughs> no one's ever thought of that before. Yeah, yeah, we'll and to, then maybe we'll to, maybe we'll, if you want a bit more flexibility, what we'll do is we'll mail you out a disc, and then you can return it. I <laughs> post. We're yeah. getting back. Yeah, look, we're, we're getting we're, we're getting back. We are getting back to the box set. Um, and then you'll need a store to sell those box sets. Um, and maybe those stores can sell music um, and yeah. records. Snacks, yeah. um, bring yeah. it bring it all back. Let's bring back the speaking clock. <laughs> Let's do it. I want it. And, Let's go. And, and, and the other thing, right, is it's not as though like, ah, yes, this is how television has to be. You know, I, I think that's not necessarily what i would argue no that's how, no that's what naturally occurring television formation yeah. well looks it's, like. i think it's more like if you if you if we take seriously it's what you do when you run out of ideas it's what you do when you have to make television under the constraints of uh i guess what you might loosely call late capitalism so it was nationalized netflix whenever i see something like netflix or uber as well right these things that promise that by the uh the use of just some trickery and um, by the use of sort of innovation, quote unquote, and the, like a website and then enormous amounts of money that they're going to be able to totally reinvent the biz- the entire way that people experience this thing and the way that people and, and that as soon as they stop just driving the money into it, you realize that the innovation wasn't really anything, that the website was just a website. And that most of what you were experiencing was just a whole bunch of money. Like you were, what you were experiencing, you were experiencing 10 years of the economic effect of a bunch of people putting it all on 32. That's it. Yeah, it's a good number. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and so that I think that like that disguises, that makes itself look like transformation, but really it's just distortion. It's distortion of the world that you live in by just the sheer gravitational force of money, but with no ideas around it. Just money and some marketing, essentially. Yeah, but like, think of all the good times that we got out of it. We got uh, Mark Wahlberg as a sort of like cynical but heart of gold Boston private detective. We got... um. Uh, one season of The Witcher. Not sure what happened to that show after that. Yeah. We we got um uh we got bright. We got bright. We got bright. We got Ryan Reynolds uh doing a whole a, a whole bunch of stuff. We got Spencer I mean, Confidential. Really, yeah, no, all of those memories. You know, mm-hmm. so I yeah. think it's possible to get quite sentimental about Netflix now that it's gone in dire straits. like tears and rain. <laughs> Like piss down the fucking dunning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's that, and then also uh, CNN Plus uh, launched in a great time for uh, heavily sort of uh, debt supported streaming services. Lost more money than Quibi and closed down quicker. You mean people didn't want to see like a, a sort of a sixteen k resolution Anderson Cooper? I don't know why not. It's kind of yeah. yeah. I, I would just look at that man to be honest. Anderson Cooper, forty k. <laughs> yeah, don't, come on, don't tell me. <laughs> in the grim future of CNN, yeah. I'm rotating Anderson Cooper in my mind. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think really, right? You know, I want to go back to this idea that you know the economy kind of is real again, and mm. there are some companies where it's been real for a longer if, if time. If only that we had some kind of way of articulating these cycles where it seems as if the economy goes very well and nothing like, uh, you know. There's just infinite money, and then things go yeah. badly, and there's not a lot of money. And almost as though it, it and mm. it seems that by continuing to do the same kinds of things, um, we just make those cycles uh, bigger and worse. Uh, no, what? no, come on. But no, it, we we talked no, about bigger is better. We talked about that. We 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 mentioned this earlier, right? This this idea of as soon as you know what it is, because when when interest rates go up, what that means is. That you have to think a little bit about what whether about whether or not what you're doing is going to produce an actual return because it's not free. You can't just fire the money gun anymore. 
And so, arming British Transport Police with the supreme money gun. <laughs> it's not like now is better, right? Because it just because it means that like more regular people are paying more for things that they need. That their their wages are like going up a bit, but like not by enough. Um, and that even like the things that you get to try and like you know, uh, make it just a little more bearable, like the streaming service that you like or the, the fucking the treats that you enjoy. Like these, the reasons that you have these things are because it's pretty shitty to live. Um, and like, you know, these are, that's the deal, you know, in exchange for living in these precarious, shitty conditions, you get, you get like treats. the treats, the fun things. You cannot self-actualize. You cannot own a house. All you I, can be is the birthday boy. <laughs> I, I, stand, I stand by my thinking that the greatest sort of moment of crisis in the British post-war political settlement was that week where we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get food-grade CO2 to make all of the fizzy drinks. Uh, I think that had far graver potential repercussions than anyone realized, because that's part. It's part of the whole deal. Yeah. The treats it, we need in, them. In this case, right? Like, you know, from and before, it's not like ordinary people were suffering less. It's just like all of that economic dynamism was going to creating a dream world for someone like Reed Hastings, where like he can decide the law of gravity doesn't apply, right? And he still lives in an insane fantasy paradise. It's just you can't do that in Australia. It's, <laughs> it's just he's not—he's not allowed. It's—it's it's that he has to live a little bit more in the real world, where your business has to like have a logic to it. It doesn't mean yeah. The the, the economy has told him he needs to like stop living on the couch and get a real job and like you know maybe start chipping in a bit for rent. Yeah, and, and whereas like for most people, you know it, what it really means is. Like that is that you have like you don't even get the treats anymore because the treats are the first thing to go because they were provided on the basis of the of, of the fantasy and you know when the fantasy when when the music stops you know the um the most precarious the least um the the least sort of say rewarded uh, people are the ones who are going to be the first to like um have their have their 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 shit taken away. And the most like, and the most, and the and the th- the services that they engage with are the ones that I don't know depend on people making that marginal decision between spending nineteen and twenty dollars or fourteen pounds and fifteen pounds on something like Netflix, and so yeah, you know, or, or the, like the difference between making the kind of like I don't know take as an example uh, some kind of like fancy Scottish gin that's made with like seaweed and kelp in it that will make Riley's eyes light up <laughs> versus your sort of like victory gin that's made out of uh, like sewer juices <laughs> gross uh, for the record I don't like gin I really don't like spirits at all I, I picked a luxury yeah, good around yeah that, fair enough fair yeah. enough um, but look, I mean, well, he doesn't like gin. He never took part in the wufferendum. Stop asking him. <laughs> uh, but like, ultimately, you know, when I, I look, I'm like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, you know, Netflix is a shitty company. It had it had a terrible plan. Um, it was it was built on it was essentially free riding on the um, terrible solution to the financial crisis that sort of Western governments decided on because they were like, well, I don't know. We can't exactly do anything about this. We just have to like keep this, th- keep these plates spinning as long as we can. They were a beneficiary of that, you know. But and then the Greek Air Force came in. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it just means that after the financial crisis, you know, you're it's like standards of living went down because that's like the thing that gets crunched when things get hard. And now things are getting hard. Standards of living are going down again. And you know, as a byproduct of that these stupid companies that like you know provided you with your uh with your with your luxuries yeah they're getting they're getting constrained but you know i mean that's not going to be the only thing and i mean nestle have announced that they're gonna have to put prices up and like shrink portions so yeah you know you're fucking they're coming for your kit kats yeah Mm. they're coming for your kit kats they're coming for your stories um Mm -hmm. it's it's uh 
it's all. Do you want to get home from a from a long day at work at the getting kicked in the face and dick factory, <laughs> and you want to like settle down, try and like put some ice on the bruises, and have a Kit Kat and watch Spencer Confidential? Um, it, this it's not going to be as easy anymore. Yeah, this isn't chunky at all. Yeah, no, and there's not going to be a couch for you to a couch, a bench for you to sit on on the way back either, because it's been it's been hit by a mortar strike. Downgrading it to a Kit Kat Husky. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, um, I think that's that's about all we have time for today on today's free episode. Uh, I have to go have some lem sip now uh, because my <laughs> voice is very hoarse. Never reduced the portions on that, I'm afraid. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, you know, it was as ever a delight to speak with all of you on this uh, phone call because we're not live in the studio today um, because I'm home unwell. Mm. I just loved, I loved getting to talk about the cops. It's one of my favorite things to do. That's right. And also, thank you to all of you out there in podcast land for listening. Don't forget, we have a Patreon. Is- Remember, the one, of, one of the few treats left to you is podcasts, largely because they require very little money to set up. So we're not spending $25 million an episode, Yet. unlike Netflix. <laughs> Yet. Uh, so do sign up. Uh, for the Patreon, it is five bucks a month. You can check that out, Milo. You crucially, do. we're not raising the prices or lowering the portions. You're not getting a forty-five right. minute TF with an ad in the middle. Milo, this is coming out on the twenty-sixth. If you're listening to this, it's probably Tuesday. That means on Sunday, as you look at it from your perspective, uh, <laughs> in the afternoon at 3.30pm, I will be filming my 2019 show, Pindos. Many of you have seen it. Others of you will not. Why not come? The tickets are a tenner. It's going to be a good show. The room is very large. How Please large is attend. the room? It's like a 300-seater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if this was like a hundred seater i just wouldn't be worried at all but like yeah 300 it's it's like bring, it was bring two friends yeah bring grab people off the street bring 299 friends yeah, yeah there you go uh anything else milo or are you all plugged out uh oh yeah and 17th of may i'm in brighton so if you're in oh, brighton how do you feel about brighton uh, love it. Yep. Greatest city in the world, baby. Yes, hey, Number only one, bright the small apple. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the apple of the world's eye. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.